We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I brought up with the 49ers for NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we've got some, I hesitate, it's not a rumor, but there's a weird 49ers quarterback related thing floating around on Wednesday, February 9th relating to Tom Brady. So we're going to talk about it and maybe not so much the Tom Brady thing, but just kind of the, the, um, speculation in general so let's dive hey this is george kittle and you're listening to candlestick chronicles I feel like we need to start this because I don't want to give credence to a random like speculation from the Patriots color analyst, Scott Zolak. I don't want to give that credence as like a, Oh, Hey, watch out. Like this guy said this thing, but (laughs) (laughs) it's so Scott Zolak basically said, don't rule out Tom Brady wanting to finish his career with the 49ers. And then Tom Brady sat on his podcast with Jim Gray prior to that. Um, never say never when it comes to coming out of retirement. Basically said no plans to, but never say never. Combining that with Zolak just throwing out. Yeah. He wants to finish his career with the Niners. Yeah. So and I, you have a discussion point that we need to right. go over. So I think this is a topic not because of what Scott Solak said, but because of just the realization that Tom Brady's going to get to at some point this offseason. Being the maniacal competitor that he is, it says, man, I would be getting ready for a season right now and I miss this. Right. There's going to be that struggle for him at some point this offseason. And as we knew 
after the 2020 season, Brady wanted to come to the 49ers. He reached out to the 49ers. Um, they gauged his interest or he gauged their interest. And I think rightfully so in that moment, um, the 49ers made the correct decision into in deciding not to uh, bring in Tom Brady coming off that Super Bowl season. But in hindsight, obviously, Brady goes on to win the Super Bowl with Tampa and it looks like the wrong decision. Um, so w- what I take away from from Zolak saying is very little other than to say it's a very real possibility that 45 year old Tom Brady this offseason says, you know what, I really do want to play again. And maybe he does the Brett Favre thing and maybe he reaches out to the 49ers again. Like to me, that's a very realistic possibility. Do I think the 49ers would entertain it? I think they'd discuss it. They would definitely talk about it. They would definitely talk about it. But the difference is now is that they're going to make a change at quarterback Uh next season. That's Uh happening. Uh Uh-huh. It's not, you know, they they have a incumbent quarterback who they feel pretty good about who just got them to the Super Bowl who they're going to roll it back with. Mm-hmm. This is a transitional offseason where they're planning on going to Trey Lance. Um, so I certainly think they'll discuss it and we can talk about the pros and cons of that. But one thing that that Zolak said in his radio hit was he doesn't think Trey Lance is ready. And Tom Brady knows that Trey Lance isn't ready. What? It, why? How does anyone know any of this? Well, here's the thing. He's not ready because he hasn't had an offseason. Right. He hasn't had a training camp well, yet. Come and, week one, he's going to be ready. And at some point, like a dude's got to play. Right. I mean, he's not ready. Okay. Is sitting out another year going to make him more, more ready? Like, no, at some point, the dude's got to freaking play. Right. So I just... I'm really tired of the notion that like, oh, he's not ready. How the hell do you know? We're going to do a deep dive on Trey Lance's two starts coming up. But I just, that point in particular is really, really frustrating to me. Because maybe he is, maybe, but just this notion that like, well, the 49ers need to do something. Trey's just not ready. What? Are you in practice? The only way for Trey Lance, if you don't believe Trey Lance is ready, you have to understand that the only way for him to get ready is to play football. Right. And nobody, look, none of these draft prospects who are playing in the senior bowl or all-star games or getting ready for the combine, none of those guys are ready either, but you know what? They're going to play football next season. Mm -hmm. They're going to go through an off season program. They're going to go through OTAs. They're going to go through training camp. And they're going to go through, you know, three practices a week. That's how football players get ready. And that's the exact same process that Trey Lance is going to go through this offseason. And he's going to spend time in L.A. working out with quarterback gurus and honing his mechanics and working on his footwork and throwing tighter spirals and shortening his release and doing all of those things that will get him ready to play football. But right now, in this moment, February 9th, Wednesday afternoon, yeah, he's not ready, but he doesn't need to be ready for 10 months. Right. (laughs) So I there's there's some other stuff that jumps out to me here the 49ers would and why i think this is just kind of a ridiculous thing but nonetheless like you said at some point brady's gonna have that itch and it's gonna be reported on trust me like it's gonna come out 
Tom Brady really wants to play. And, you know, six teams have reached out and seen about his, his readiness and all this stuff. That's, that's going to happen for sure. I have a couple other sticking points at this outside of Trey Lance's readiness. The Bucks still own Brady's rights. And the discussion point on Wednesday was, well, the 49ers could just trade Jimmy Garoppolo to Tampa Bay and trade it for Brady's rights. And that's all good. Two things. One, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo fits in Bruce Arians offense, which is a very like down the field attacking passing offense. And I just don't think that that's where Jimmy Garoppolo would thrive. The other thing is why would, if Tom Brady lets it be known, like I'm coming back, I'm coming back for year 29 or whatever it is. Year 30. I'm coming back for year 30. Year 36. That's it. Thank you. Why would the Bucks trade him, especially to a team in the conference? Outside of outside of just like doing him a solid where he's like, yeah, I want to come back, but I don't want to play for Tampa Bay. I'd really like to play for the 49ers. And the Bucks are just going to go, yeah, give us a sixth round pick and call it good. I just... Well, I mean, ultimately, if Brady wants to play with the 49ers... I mean, if you're the Bucks, you're looking for a quarterback. I, I will say, I mean, Bruce Arians has worked with a ton of different veteran quarterbacks, and a lot of them have been down the field throwers for sure. Mm-hmm. But he also worked with Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning, while he could make throws downfield, is much more of a short, quick throw type quarterback. I, I do think there's some malleability in terms of how Bruce Arians potentially could approach a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback. Was that a Jimmy G Peyton Manning comp? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Hell yeah. And yeah, yeah they're, they're one for one. Hall of Famers both. Um, no, I, I so I, I do think that it Bruce Arians could make it fit. Um, and if Brady, look, Brady has the leverage. Like Brady says, look, like I'm not going to play for you. So facilitate my trade to the 49ers, which gets you potentially one of the best, if not the best veteran quarterbacks on the open market to fill the void that I'm leaving. Or, you know, I'm going to file a grievance or something like there's, you know, there's Brady has enough leverage, I think, to get out of Tampa Bay if they want to. What I think is going to be problematic from the 49ers perspective is like, you know, what's Brady want to get paid? Right, because you do have Trey Lance under contract. Trey Lance is going to make eight or nine million dollars or whatever it is this year. So, you know, the whole plan has kind of been let's use this cap space created by Garoppolo's departure to, you know, resign or extend Ebo Samuel and Nick Bosa, and then you know potentially resign uh, Lake and Tomlinson, and then potentially add free agents on the, the margins of the roster or bring back your own guys. But if you're paying Tom Brady, like Brady's not going to come cheap. I know he his cap hit with Tampa last year was 10 million bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if he does come for 10 million bucks, that makes <laughs> that makes it pretty difficult. You still have an expensive quarterback room with your top two guys. And are you going to want to pay 10 million dollars for Tom Brady to be Trey Lance's backup? <laughs> And then there's the whole discussion of like, well, you ma- you made all these 
you traded all these picks for Trey Lance in part because you wanted the flexibility of having a quarterback on a rookie contract. And then suddenly you're kicking Dan the can further down the road and losing another year of that potential flexibility. Right. And it's not like in 2023, I don't think he would hit the ground running faster than he would in 2022. Like, I think there's going to be, there's going to be a learning curve and some growing pains, whether he starts in 22 or in 23. And like you said, if you're starting him in 23, well, now you're, I don't want to say wasting, but you're going through growing pains to start year three of that very valuable rookie contract. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, look, it, like, I, I think there's a very, like I said, I think there's a very real possibility that Brady, you know, come June says, you know what, I'm going to play again. And he pulls a Brett Favre and says, I want to go to the Niners. And he makes his pitch. He says, he says, I'll play for 10 million bucks. And I'm going to help you guys win a Super Bowl. And look, man, if you're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, you can't just ignore it. That's so that's where this conversation is interesting to me. I don't care about what Scott Zolak said. Right. Let's just take this hypothetical as an offseason hypothetical. This isn't the same Tom Brady that because remember in 2019, they 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 passed, Mm -hmm. but it's you have to to. Yes, there were people at the time that said, yeah, you go get the goat if you can go get the goat like you do it. But objectively, his year in New England wasn't impressive. It was not very good. They lost to the Titans at home in the playoffs. His career ended in New England on a pick six. It was kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo looked really good in the second half of the year, and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. It wasn't a slam dunk that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be worse than Tom Brady in, in 2020. Jimmy Garoppolo and, had a better 2019 season than Tom Brady, full stop. Yes. Now, <laughs> Tom Brady, it turned out, was still awesome <laughs> and had two really good years with the Bucks. And in hindsight, the 49ers probably would have been wise to, to, to kick tires on that. But it's... I mean, here's what happened. Tom Brady in 2019 threw for 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He averaged 6.6 yards per attempt, which is not good, right? One of the worst marks of his career. Um, The next year, he went from 24 touchdowns to 40 touchdowns, right? And then he went from 6.8 yards per attempt, which is bad, 
to eight yards per attempt, which is really good. Mm-hmm. In 2021, Brady led the NFL in completions, attempts, yardage, and touchdowns. He threw for 5,300 yards. That's a, nuts. Career high, 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, and 12 picks. So the context of this offseason versus the 2019 offseason is Brady <laughs> Brady threw 83 touchdowns in the last two years. That's nuts. <laughs> Do the 49ers have 83 passing touchdowns in the last five years? I, I Yeah, it's definitely to, five. I bet in the last three, the though, pod, they don't. But, but so, yeah, if you're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and you say, and Tom Brady says, I'll play for you guys, 10 million bucks, let's do it right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more difficult to say no this time around than it was in 2019. I totally agree. Because now you're, because this is a Super Bowl ready roster. Right. That's the thing. This is plug and play. This isn't right. like, this isn't the Niners were like eight and eight last year or eight and right. nine. They, they went to the NFC championship game. So, and this is, so this is the other, this is the other thing that is interesting is Trey Lance is ready to start or the 49ers should start Trey Lance. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I think he could be as good at least as Jimmy Garoppolo, or at least as productive as Jimmy Garoppolo right away. And by week 18, more, more productive. Is he going to be more productive than 45-year-old Tom Brady? That's the question mark. <laughs> the thing is, like when Tom Brady is single-minded and hell-bent on winning a Super Bowl, how the hell can you bet against it? Right. How the hell can you go like, nah, we'll, we'll punt on that idea. They were a blown coverage away from going to OT with the Rams after being down 27 to three late in the third quarter. Right. I mean, (laughs) right. So like if Brady does want to come, you have to at least entertain the idea. I mean, what a fascinating question because last time it was so easy for them to be like, yeah, Brady wasn't very good. Jimmy is better. If you know, Jimmy takes another, it looked like Brady was going on the decline of his career because he was in his early forties and had the worst year of his career. It's like, Oh, okay. There it is. There's the edge. Like we found the limit. The potential here is adding the best quarterback of all time to arguably a top four roster in the NFL. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I think that's top five, top five roster. It man, I'm shrugging right now. So yeah, it's this, this isn't a Scott Solak discussion. This is, a what if Tom Brady tells the 49ers, hey, I will play for you guys for 10 million bucks. Let's go do this thing. Because you know, with how Tom Brady is wired and the fact that this is his childhood team and it's a team that he's been trying to come to for since 2019, you are getting single-minded, middle fingers to the world, TB12, this is my absolute last hurrah, the best sports career we've ever seen, like, Tom Brady. That is what they would be getting. It's not like, you know, it, it wouldn't, to me, it doesn't feel like Brett Favre, like hanging on too long is just a complete psychopath about football and just can't live without it. It's like, we're winning the Super Bowl. It, it, like that's, that's what Tom Brady is thinking in his head. Right. And it's impossible to bet against that. Even at his age. 
Man. <laughs> so it's just worth a discussion. It's a fascinating question. And it's one that it came up on February 9th, but I promise, like I said, that first that first report of, you know, teams have reached out to Tom Brady and he hasn't said no, he's working out every day. Those are going to come out. The thing is, is I don't think he's hanging them up because he feels like it was time to go out. I think that there are life forces pulling him away from football. And that's not something that I think is going to change. And I don't think he's coming back. That's the, I know he said, never say never, but this isn't, oh, he got hurt and his body was really sore at the end of the year. And, you know, maybe he didn't have a great year. And so he's decided to step away, but you know, come June, his body feels good. And he's like, you know what? I feel good. I can give it one more shot. It's not that I think it is his wife. I think it's his kids. I think he wants to be a quote unquote family man. And I think that is what, I mean, like you said, he threw for 5,300 freaking yards this year. He was, he could, he might be the MVP of the league at, at age 44 or 45 or whatever he is. So I just, it'll be interesting because it's going to continue to, to linger. But I think the 49ers are, I don't think he's coming back. And regardless of these weird Lance isn't ready, uh, takes i think the 49ers are very committed to that idea of trey lance being their starting quarterback week one i don't think they're actively looking to find a different starter no no they like i i completely agree and i think they're expecting trey lance to be ready in fact i don't even think they would call tom brady no it would go yeah i agree with you i think it would be tom brady don ye making making the overtures first and even then, I don't know that they would say yes for sure. But I mean, you think about it, like, you know, say, I don't know. I heard, I heard Mike Sando, friend of the pod, mention that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the Colts move on from Carson Wentz and make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe there's one of these teams that we're not really expecting to make a play for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. If you're the Steelers and you're like, man, Tom Brady's kind of, wants to play again like wouldn't the Steelers make sense for Tom Brady too yeah if Tom Brady wants to play there if he yeah so I mean the, t- Brady may Brady may tell Don you like call the 49ers and only the 49ers maybe yeah but I I am absolutely a hundred percent with you in that there's going to be a team that doesn't get Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whatever and has a pressing quarterback need and that is going to be on the fringes of the playoffs. And there's going to be reports like this team reached out to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. There's no way that does not happen. Yes. That is like bet that's happening. So yeah, Brady's, you know, a, a lot of this to me just comes down to the fact that he's just the most insane competitor we've ever seen. It's like mm-hmm. Brady and Michael Jordan. And then like, you know, I don't even know how you make that list, but those are the two guys. Of all time, the mm-hmm. most competitive dudes ever. And just being able to hang it up cold turkey like that, I don't know. Like I said, I, I if it was football related, 
I would be way more. I just don't. I don't. I don't think he's coming back. But it's a. It is a very very interesting hypothetical. Early in the off season here. Yeah. But what what would the 49ers do if he called and said, name the price? <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. And Take the 49ers wouldn't look to your point again that I want to circle back to. It wouldn't be because they don't think Trey Lance is ready. Right. It would be because there's I shit. think there's there's one quote unquote available quarterback who could call and be like, I want to play there. And it's him. Yeah. Yeah, the only guy who's who could stand in the way of Trey Lance starting is Tom Brady. Yes, I yes, because like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those are not. No. Yeah, you're not you're not trading for one of those guys. No, so it is. <laughs> it's Tom Brady or Trey Lance, and I don't think Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. Yeah, I don't think that's so my either. final take on February 9th. I reserve the right to change it. I don't think so either, but it, I would not be surprised in the slightest if we hear around the draft or in June, it's like Tom Brady calls the 49ers. That would not surprise me if that came out. Me neither. So we shall see. It's fascinating. It is. It's, it is fascinating. We shall see. Um, do, do you want to talk? Sacramento Kings because man I'm I am knee deep in the Kings right now <laughs> yeah you are if you want to turn the podcast off now subscribe rate, review thanks see you let's talk Demonis Sabonis Tyrese Halliburton trade look I get what the Kings are doing I get that they probably tried to trade De'Aaron Fox and couldn't because of his contract and they wanted to get another star all-star in there and that's Sabonis is a is a bona fide all-star I don't think he made the team this year but he was an all-star last year triple double machine like really good player and I think they wanted another quote-unquote all-star in there to pair with De'Aaron Fox but the problem is is they finally hit on a draft pick with Tyrese Halliburton I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a dude and sure I think Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton would have been a legit backcourt where it's like, oh, that's a good, really, really good backcourt to kind of build around. Well, now they have Sabonis and Fox. It's like, to me, Sabonis, Fox, and Harrison Barnes all fit in the same category of like guy you thought would be a one, but if he's a one, you're probably not getting very far they all three kind of feel like that guy to me. They have like three third bananas. Yeah. Maybe second. I think Sabonis could be a second, second best player on a championship team, but Barnes, like if he's your second best player, you're not going very far. If De'Aaron Fox is your best player, you're not going very far. I, the Kings to on in February and even the rest of 2022, they got the best player in the trade. Yes. But I think in three years, I think they might come to regret it a little bit. The Kings. And so this is just me speculating, not me reporting, because I've been been on the ground. Cold in one center. Kingdle stick chronicles here. (laughs) Um, Arco Arena chronicles. I mean, my hunch. And I'm not I don't I'm not alone on this. So I'm not trying to sound like I have a, a way more insight than anybody else. But my hunch 
is that the owner of Vivek Ranadive is hellbent on ending the playoff drought, which is spanning 15 years by any means possible. And the, he would rather have an opportunity to host playoff games at Golden One Center, which has not happened yet, than anything else. And his goal here was to say, you know, we're expediting the timeline. We're trying to get into the play-in tournament now. And then the future will kick that can down the road. Like, mm-hmm. we'll deal with that later. The problem is, in my opinion, they paid the wrong guy. And they didn't yes. have to give De'Aaron Fox and Max contract when they gave it to him in November 2020. Right. They could have waited the year. And, you know, he would have been a restricted free agent, I believe, and they could have matched any offer that he got on the open market. To me, based on what you're seeing from De'Aaron Fox this season, and he was better last night, Tuesday night against Minnesota, his first game back, by the way, kind of notable. He came back from his quote unquote ankle soreness the day that Tyrese Halliburton's traded. Just dude, just just meant just throwing that out there that it's at least notable. The time and the fact that. that as soon as he got, as soon as the Halliburton trade got announced, Kings fans were like, oh, bet Fox plays tonight. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> God. Um, so to me, De'Aaron Fox this season is looking a lot more like, say, John Wall than Steph Curry or right. LaMelo Ball. Like, the issue I have with De'Aaron Fox is not good stats only... bad team guy. <laughs> yes. Like, so he's not good defensively. Right. And you don't need a great defensive point guard, but you need right. somebody who is not just a turnstile. He's having the worst shooting season of his career, at least since his rookie season. And the bar is very low. The bar is low. So, you know, he puts up numbers, he can get stats, he can get to his spots on the floor. Um, and maybe he takes his game to a completely different level now that Tyrese Halliburton's out of the picture. Maybe the fact that Fox is the focal point point guard that unlocks him and allows him to play at a different level, which was sort of the trajectory he was on before Halliburton was drafted. But man, that's a tough bet to make when all of the signs are pointing to Halliburton being like, you know, like I forget exactly a culture changer. A culture changer for sure, but like in terms of numbers, like a 21 year old who in his first two seasons averaged 14 and seven with 40% from three, like it was like him and Steph Curry or whatever the stat is. And our, our guy, Brian Kalbrowski at um, USA Today SMG uh, hoops hype, I believe, yes. um, outlined all those stats really well. So check those out if, if you're interested. But Halliburton is going to be a great player. And ultimately, the Kings issue here throughout their 15-year playoff drought, they've been dying to hit on a draft pick like Tyrese Halliburton. They've been dying to. That's the thing they've been missing. This is this is the Warriors picking Monte Ellis over Steph yes. Curry. Yes. yes. And instead of... Remember when the Warriors traded Monte Ellis to the Bucks for Andrew Bogut? Everyone was pissed off because it's like, man, you're getting 80 cents on the dollar or whatever. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Right. You can actually form the team that you need to form now that you have a defensive center right. and you get Monte out of the building so you can let Curry develop. Mm-hmm. The problem was, is that because they signed Fox to that max contract, nobody in the league wanted him. 
And the Kings were down to a, a, a situation where they might have had to attach first round draft picks to De'Aaron Fox to get somebody else to take him. Yeah. And even then it's like, man, how many picks would it take for a team to be like, yeah, we'll pay De'Aaron Fox $38 million in 2025. He, he's just the exact type of player that teams that don't win pay. It, it's the John Wall thing. And you can go to Kentucky. You can talk about the speed and the athleticism mm -hmm. and the type of point guards they are and the lack of shooting. To me, it's like, man, there are way too many John Wall type red flags. Yes, here that yes. For me to feel comfortable centering this whole thing around De'Aaron Fox. So, and I like all that's true. And I think in the long term, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a better player than De'Aaron Fox. Mm -hmm. But it should also be said. And I think that's going to be clear, like in the next couple of years. Yeah. But I think Sabonis is really good. That's 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 the thing that like if their goal was to make the play in tournament they have a very good shot to do that now yeah i just you know even if you make it i will always quibble and you know monty mcnair will talk at some point probably after the deadline but like how how valuable is going to the play in tournament this year when like right, you're, so, so here's, even, here's if, where, even if here's where the kings are though but even if you get I, to the eighth seed, you're going to get swept by Phoenix and like, okay, great. Awesome. But, but that's, but dude, <laughs> when I started doing radio in Sacramento, I was in 2011. This was the exact conversation because by then it had been five years since they made the playoffs. And now it's 16 years since they've been to the playoffs and just getting to the playoffs, like hosting a playoff game at golden one is all that's all that matters. Like winning doesn't matter making the play in tournament would be a huge deal it'd be like game 83 watch out <laughs> and even if they go get swept in the first round by phoenix it would be a like, progress major progress because that's that's the new bar of success when you've not been to the playoffs in almost two decades and it's a it's not a great mentality but that's like that would be the trade. The trade would be lauded as a franchise changer if they make the playoffs in Sacramento, I mean, not around the league. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I, I get that. The, I totally the, get that. But like, as a, as somebody who was a Warriors fan, and watch what happened with the Warriors and how they did it and how sustainable it's been. It was because they didn't trade Steph Curry, even though Monte Ellis was the better player in that exact moment. Right. They didn't trade Clay Thompson, even though you could potentially make a case that Kevin Love was a better player in that exact moment. Yes. They kept the core together. They're homegrown guys. They were able to build out the rest of the roster because those guys were on rookie contracts and they created a dynasty. And I'm not saying Tyrese Halliburton would have been the centerpiece of a dynasty the way Steph Curry was. But to have sustained success, that's the guy you build around. Mm -hmm. Not the guy that, well, shit, nobody else wants him because of the contract we gave him. Like, we have to build around him now because that's right. just what we have to do. Like, that's, like, that's not guess. a long term. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's nothing, you know, I don't... I, whether they make the playing tournament or not. And I understand, you know, how, how meaningful it would be to Kings fans to have playoff games there. 
but man, I don't know how you feel about the Kings going into, you know, November, 2022. I don't know if that changes based on whether or not you made the play-in tournament. I think it would though, because now the bar is okay. Made the play-in tournament, add a couple pieces and now watch out six seed. Like that would be the next it's, it's progress. It's just about taking another step that involves playing past game 82. Yeah, I get it. And that's, that's what this trade, but that's what this trade reeks of is like the long-term vision is, is not, is not the priority. Right. I mean, I mean, it's just a little bit surprising because Vivek did come from the Warriors ownership group. Like there's just no patience, which is, you know, whatever. If there were patience, it would have been, if there were patience and foresight, they probably wouldn't have gone into the season with Luke Walton, knowing that he was very close to getting fired, which he was. Um, anyway, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that, that I can't wrap my head around, and maybe this is just because the NBA play-in tournament, that like the addition of it is just kind of crazy, particularly with the bottom of the West being as bad as it is. Yeah. They're 20 and 36. Yeah. And we're talking about them trying. This is this is like a 5 and 12 team in the NFL being like, yeah, we, <laughs> we just got to get to that wild card game. You know what I mean? A playing like, tournament in the NFL would be bananas. Oh, it would be really funny. There would be like a four-win team that wins like three playoff games and blows everybody's mind. (laughs) Got hot at the right time. Christian McCaffrey got healthy. But, I mean, the thing with the NBA is like, these are best of seven series. It's not a one-off. Right. So, anyway. Kings Kings Dolstick Chronicles. That, um, (laughs) if we want to stick with the motif of the old stadium, we'll go Arco Arena Chronicles. Okay. Um, The alliteration isn't quite there. No, it's definitely not. Um, but that's probably the most King's talk you'll hear on this podcast combined ever. Ever, yeah. So thanks for those who stuck it out. Hope you enjoyed it. I've just been like, the my last few days has been just all King stuff and King's columns and games. I'm about to go to another game here tonight. And then Scott myself, Zolak so. goes, what if Brady goes to the Niners? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, Zolak... I didn't know this sunglasses in the recording studio guy. Same. No, well, not at the moment you are, <laughs> but just, no, I if just we start, to if throw we start that video streaming. I will be. Okay. Yeah. Just want to throw <laughs> that out there. If you're considering the source, you know, sunglasses inside guy, Scott's away. sunglasses inside guy, worse than backwards hat guy for sure. Yeah. I, backwards hat guy is, is winning most of the time. <laughs> as a as a prominent member of the backwards hat community yeah i mean we're same. doing great yeah we're doing all right snapbacks only for me though yeah i mean i got I, you know i can i can mix it up but yeah all right we're gonna Coop. get out of here subscribe trucker hats shout out to subscribe rate review shout out cooperage who's supplying beer for the bachelor party oh hey i'm gonna pod live for the bachelor party or what <laughs> I mean, not doing that i'm not okay. working you can't make me okay that's fine i was not i was just looking i was like do i want to bring my microphone no no don't even bring a computer okay 
Well, then okay. we'll do a live. We'll do a live pod for the wedding. So. <laughs> there it is. Let's go. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.